0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the That's Barbecue Nation. I'm J.T., along with my co-host and uh, Hall of Fame partner, Ms. Leanne mm-hmm. Whippen. Uh, we've got Camaro Dave and Commander Chris running around the studio doing something. And, uh, of course, we come from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland and in Tampa. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. You can check them out uh, online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Find a store near you. Well, you have seen this gentleman's ads. If you haven't seen his ads, you must live under a rock because I think that uh, Brian from BT Lay's Sauces and Rubs does an excellent job, especially on his online marketing. So we reined him in, we brought him into the show. Brian Lay from BT Lay's is with us today, and uh, let's get started. Brian, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: I, uh, I've seen your stuff for a long time. I don't know why I didn't call you sooner. That's my bad, but, uh, tell us how you got into we're, We'll talk about barbecue itself later, but how did you get into the sauces and rubs deal?
1: So I was, uh, I come from a, a family of farmers and culinary minded people. Um, we always had fresh food and, and all that stuff growing up and, My dad was a legendary pit master up in Northeast Ohio. And it all kind of sprung from there. I I worked in the tech industry for 20 years. And at one point, my then girlfriend, now wife, decided that she wanted to buy a grill and she was like, let's get a gas grill. I was like, no, let's (laughs) get a charcoal grill and we'll do this the right way. And uh, within, I don't know, five hours of owning it, I had a I had a saw out. I split the grates, I put up a firewall, and I <laughs> made this into a little makeshift smoker. And I had not done this in a in a while, uh, but it kind of rekindled my love for open fire cooking. Uh, I think this was back in like 2012 or so. And I would bring barbecue into my uh, my coworkers at the time, who were all like young, disposable money, no co- no cooking skills at all. And I I ended up providing barbecue to them every Monday for months on end. That ended up parlaying into them asking me for my sauces, their parents and relatives asking me for sauces, me um, catering anything from barbecues to to weddings to birthday parties just on the side. And, uh, and then that led into our own surprise barbecue wedding, which uh, my wife coined as the BT Lee's launch party. Which is <laughs> funny at the same time, this kind of tragic, I guess. And uh, and we started the business. Well, there you go. I'm sorry I called you "lays" instead of "leaves." Oh, that's fine. It's it's a common thing. It's a common <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it's funny how those things work, though. Brian is. Um, we kind of did the same thing, my wife and I, at our wedding. We had it out in a at the farm, and we had all kinds of people there. And we ended up roasting four uh, full sirloins for everybody and stuff like that. Now, luckily, I didn't have to cook that day, Um, but I had a couple of guys that I cooked with a lot and they kind of took over and did that. But I really think it made it kind of made the meal, so to speak. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Unfortunately, we did it all or we did a lot of it. Yeah, We coined it as a, uh, we're only going to do one barbecue this summer. You know, normally I would do like four. Right. And we mm-hmm. we just consolidated it down. We got a pavilion down in Northeast Ohio, uh, Beartown Lakes Reservation. And I ended up with uh, two briskets, 12 racks of ribs, 80 pounds in pork. We made two pans of macaroni and cheese. It was like 75 people and only seven people knew that it was actually happening.
2: Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a story. The story yeah. for sure.
0: Oh, that's that's really good. I like that. So, did your development of your sauces? Let's stop. Start with those. Did that come from way back on the family farm, so to speak, or does that something you just created as you went along? So, I, I
1: I liken myself as a flavor guy. I've always been willing to explore flavors from different regions and places and cuisines, and I kind of taste things and catalog them in my brain and see what works together um also i i also was a musician for a long time so i kind of like every flavor i create to a chord right so you got the the primary and and the you know the third and you try and bring all those together to make some harmonious product uh or flavor that that people like and um I don't know if I can say drawing on my my running around at these parties my dad used to throw actually did it or if it was the inspiration for it, but I kind of I kind of feel like I'm a student of a flavor. I hunt it out, I seek it out, and then I I try and incorporate it into what I do. And I've always done that even before I did this. You know, like we would if we would go on vacation, and even still we go on vacation, we try and seek out first place we go is a grocery store. And I look and see what they've got new. And then I'll try and find like a local food store and see what they've got new. And bless my wife. She's along for the ride.
2: <laughs> well, good for her. I'm sure it's quite enjoyable. And, and what you're saying is really not something that you can learn. I think it's inherent and it's something you can't be taught. It's, it's just you either have it or you don't. Um, right. And And obviously you do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great.
0: Well, I think that's actually a really good comment, Leanne, because dealing with folks, especially, you know, you and I do a lot of media. (laughs) And um, first of all, most media people are just ravenous because they don't get fed properly. You know, they're like Mm -hmm. the little birds in the nest with their mouths open going, me, 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 me. But um, a lot of them can't cook a lick. You know that I've noticed over the years working with them, and I I agree with your statement. You either have it or you don't. You mm-hmm. you can assemble those flavors, and those those tastes, and and the process, and do that to make it work for you. And so anybody like Brian who puts that together and makes it work, my hat. I'll give you a tip of the hat here, Brian. I won't take it off. So
2: the recipes aren't really from your dad per se, right?
1: No, not not per se. My my father died when I was four. Oh, wow. So I only have like vague memories of actually Mm -hmm. doing that. Although we kept, so he would, he stood up something called Fat Eddie Parties, uh, where the party would start on Wednesday night and end on Monday. Whoa. And what would happen is the kegerator would be
2: long Eddie Parties.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, believe me. Believe me. The moment the the kegerator got dropped next to where the the pit was going to get dug, they'd dig out the pit, they'd have whatever they hunted that year on the spit. And they'd be slow roasting it for days and days and days. The party would actually start on Friday and then it would end when everyone was done, whenever that was. So
2: sounds like the American uh, were the
1: were the were were
0: the guys that dug the pit and like your dad and his crew, were they able to function by Friday? Yeah, they were. They were vets. Okay.
1: They were, uh, they were definitely veterans of that scene. It was a very play hard, uh, work hard mentality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't function. I remember falling asleep under tables. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the, the, the whole, uh, the whole experience went on after his death as like a memorial for the next five or six years. You know, like my uncles took up the tradition and. Is it still on. going on? Did he- no, no, no. Although I, I should probably just resurrect that one day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably, uh, you'd probably get some takers. I'm I'm sure
1: I would. I'm sure I would.
0: When you are, when you're working and like you said, when you go on vacation, you find a local market, you find a local store, you're doing that. And you said you kind of compartmentalize these flavors and things in your noggin. Does something ever really get to you? Go, wow, that is really good. I've got a, Follow through with that for like our next sauce.
1: Yes, uh, 100 percent. I tend to fixate on things until I figure it out. And uh, one of the things that that really still sticks with me is sumac uh the the berry not the poisonous yeah. kind i mm-hmm. tend to put it in all my things uh, a lot of my things like my uh my kansas city style sauce has it my both my spicy and my sweet and savory barbecue rubs have it and uh i believe my mop sauce also has it in it i love the the tartness the brightness that it brings you know yeah. it's something that that you you taste on your tongue and you're like oh that's different but delicious you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, are those just indigenous to your area? Honestly, I don't know much about those. Oh uh, no, sumac
1: is a Middle Eastern spice. Okay. Uh, North Africa, Middle East, yeah, right around there. I think you might be able to grow it down here, but I'm not sure. Uh, usually, the the parallel lines can kind of dictate what can grow where.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just had never heard of much about that before.
2: You should
1: uh, you should pick some up and try it. Uh huh.
0: Kaylee Ann, you pick some up and I'll try it.
2: Okay, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm not familiar with it. I've heard of it. I just, yeah. So I will give it a try.
0: I I think it's a great idea. I'm Mm going to go try to find some this week.
2: I like that he incorporates too. That means that he's doing something different and kind of, I don't know, elevated, you might say. I don't know. Cool.
1: Well, I try not to be, I try not to be the, the elevated gourmet guy, you know, I'm just a guy, Yeah, but, but we try to normalize all these flavors as much as we can. The world is a really big place and pulling in flavors from different locations and regions, just amplify Mm -hmm. what you, what you've already got, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We are going to take a break here on barbecue nation. Got to hear from a couple of sponsors and. Brian Lee from BT Lee's sauces and rubs and Miss Leanne and I will be back in Oh, two or three minutes. After that, we're going to talk more about his rubs and spices and a few surprises right after this on barbecue nation. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt along with miss leanne Uh, we'd like to thank you for that for listening with us uh, if you want to find us, of course, we're on all the different social media platforms, not only for the show, but individually, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. So we're out there. We've got uh, Brian Lee from BT Lee's. Um, what's your middle name? Thomas. Thomas. Brian Thomas Lee. Okay. Brian Thomas Lee. So it was so, Lily. go ahead.
2: I, I was just going to say, uh, I'm kind of getting off the track here, but sort of on track, but um, you know, there's a lot of sauces and rubs out there a lot. Um, And a lot of people think, Oh, I make a good barbecue sauce. I'm going to bottle it. But as you know, there's a lot that goes into it and I'm sure you educated yourself, but as it relates to the labels, because branding is super important. How did you decide how you were going to brand it and, and like, come up with your label?
1: So this is a this is a good question for us actually. Uh, my wife is a phenomenal designer. And when we originally moved down here to Bowling Green, Kentucky, we decided to stand up a design and uh, e-commerce company that was myself and her. I've had I have 20 years in tech building websites and whatnot. And she is just a, an amazing brander. And uh, we decided to do BT Lee's as a, as a hobby project uh, at the farmer's market because we didn't know anybody except for family. And I just wanted to get to know people. And then we won our first major international award. And then that just kind of took off. Right. But she's the, the, the eye behind all of the visuals and, Mm -hmm. and the marketing and, and that kind of stuff, everything goes through her. And, you know we all have our lanes and i have learned not to step into hers no. she is so good at it uh to the fact where um my my logo she actually designed it completely
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, she took a picture of me and maybe made it so and there it is it
2: like personalizes it. it i like it
1: yeah yeah i mean i i my personality is such that i don't mind being on the bottle you know, uh-huh. like I'm I'm a very upfront person. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm never going to hide behind the scenes or or anything like that. So and I I stand behind all of my flavors. So why not throw me on the bottle?
2: Do you co pack not- it? I mean, do you have a co-packer? I sorry to interrupt. No, or do no,
1: so, fine. yeah, we uh, we originally started in 10 quart pots on the stove, making it in a commercial kitchen here in Bowling Green. Uh, they also had a 45 gallon steam kettle and we moved to 45 gallon steam kettle where we were making those two hundred and eighty five or so bottles twice a week for each sauce. And um,
2: That's we couldn't lot. do it.
1: We couldn't do it. We were in the kitchen because it's just her and I, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I literally just hired two people um, to help us out. Uh, we couldn't do it. So I I started dating co-packers and it was important to me to uh, keep it in Kentucky for the Kentucky proud you know, and, and to rise up the state a little bit. So I found a uh, Copac out Louisville and we've had a great working relationship ever since they, uh, they run all my sauces. And right now I mix all my spice blends and uh, that's fine. And
2: you bottle that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow.
1: I kind of did it the hard way, that but I wanted are like
2: self labeling too, right? Yeah. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing the whole thing. Like I've got, I've
1: got a speed labeler. It makes it easy you know yeah. but i like to work with local companies and and all that kind of thing to to pull it in and uh and help Save the some area money too how do you compete Brian? i mean that's um, a, that's
0: let me let me preface this for the listeners when i first contacted you the other day and said you want to be on the show and you said sure but you were out the door to go to a a market or wherever you were going i am assuming to do demos out there. But how how tough do you find it to get shelf space?
1: Uh well, you know, honestly, uh I think I'm a pretty persuasive individual mm-hmm. and the moment they taste my product, th- they want it. Just straight straight there it is. Um I was at Bardstown Arts and Crafts up in Bardstown, Kentucky for a two-day retail show. Um, and we uh, we provided uh, about 700 bottles of sauces and rubs to the community at that point. Like we moved, we moved a lot of product in two days up there. Um, I do those like right now, the season is, is for that, you know, um, Christmas buying season, holiday buying season is is upon us and people down here just love to do it. So every weekend from now until probably December 15th, I'm going to be somewhere.
2: Do you sell yeah. in retail stores as well?
1: Yes. Yeah. We're in 38 states, I think about 115 locations right now. Amazon? hmm? No, (laughs) no, I don't do Amazon. Uh, I own my brand on Amazon. But a lot of the places where I sell don't like to carry things that are readily available on Amazon. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense. And of course, I have not had a lot of experience. Uh, On that side, I worked for Amazon once for six months. That was I get a
2: lot of Amazon.
0: Yeah, yeah, I (laughs) know. Yeah, same, same. Believe me. Leanne has her own truck truck in Tampa. No,
2: no, no. My Uh, daughter does, though. She has a special truck.
0: (laughs) We built a parking spot for the Amazon truck in our front yard. So, you know, that's that's one of the things there. Um, All three of us have had experience with rubs and spices and some sauces and that type of thing. But do you have to then go to a distributor in the, you know, you, you, I'm assuming you probably can't do it all unless you have your own warehouse and so on and so forth.
2: I think uh, so.
0: so
1: <laughs> we, do, we do have, we do have a local Kentucky distributor right now. We are working towards uh nationwide distribution, but right now we kind of do it all. I, uh, I palletize and I ship out of my warehouse. I'm there every day, fulfilling orders. It's going to be personally fulfilled by me at this point. We've got a booth down at the Dallas Market Center uh, in the gourmet food section where we pick up wholesalers all the time. Um, I get contacted maybe once or twice a week by someone who wants to buy our whole line to keep it in their gift shop or their their small grocery store chain or their liquor store, butcher shops. You know, a lot of the places where you can get high-end meat and high-end uh, produce for sure. high-end product.
0: We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with Brian Lee from BT Lee's Sauces and Rubs, and we've got a lot more to say, and we've got a lot more to ask him. So we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smokey Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida and they bring you fire grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef who helped make this broadcast possible. Painted Hills Natural Beef is beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. Check them out online, PaintedHillsBeef.com, and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Excellent quality craftsmanship for a reasonable price. That's GunterWilhelmKnives.com. As I told you, we've been talking to Brian Lee from BT Lee's uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. I like Kentucky a lot, Brian. It's a beautiful, place. beautiful state it's it's a it's a great great place to be, really. Um, you said you're in stores in thirty four states and in the u k and Honduras uh, each state, and then especially if you're going to a foreign company, they all have different requirements, restrictions, everything like that. You're a you and your wife are a two-person show for the most part. How do you deep dive into those restrictions and deal with them?
1: Uh, a lot of research, a lot of research, a lot of common denominator. Um, most uh, low acidified and our low acid and acidified foods follow the same regulations set out by the FDA, and we strive to meet all of those before we went. Like our our initial goal after. After we decided to go to market for the first time, we decided to lay this out so it had legs. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to make sure that we wouldn't get stopped by some uh, some regulations. So we tried to meet all the regulations. And I worked with the local health departments and some FDA guys. And I made friends with other people in the industry, you know, just to see where we could go with that. And then uh and then we we tried to put all of our products in that same line. Like there are some some re- restrictions to getting into the EU um, when it comes down to like what herbs and spices you can do and whether or not it's all natural and all that jazz. But I I try not to. Um, well, fact brand promises all natural, gluten free, no MSG, um, no fillers. Like we're we're whole food for the most part across the board. Um, And that's that's where we're going to stay. So that kind of eases that a little bit because we're not adding anything that some other country might find as uh, dangerous or banned. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you got another problem there with the UK is flavor. They're not used to foods with flavor over there.
1: Man, you'd be surprised (laughs) at how much the barbecue scene in the UK has popped off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They are they are leaning in real heavy to American barbecue right now.
0: I know I've done before Leon, Leon. Are you Leon now? I guess. <laughs> uh, before Leon came on the show, I used to about once a year do an interview with somebody from the UK who was doing barbecue stuff and uh usually I made them be the one that was really early in the morning to to get up cuz of the time difference, but I was actually pleasantly surprised at how, like you say, it has taken off there. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, for 2000 years, the British boiled everything. And now all of a sudden they've got foods with real flavor. Uh, it's kind of amazing really. Yeah. They're getting there. They're getting there. They're getting there. Any, when you work with a country like Honduras, um, how do you get into those countries? I mean, they're they're notoriously known for graft and extortion. So how do you do it?
1: <laughs> so uh, the guy that buys from us for Honduras actually buys out of Miami, and then he figures it out. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so he he's he's bought uh, a pallet from us, and then just takes it down there to a butcher shop, and that's and that's where they hustle it or they sell it. I guess not hustle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you said about your 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 personal um, work and you know your flavor profiles and and all of that, but here's a here's kind of a general question. It might sound a little redundant, but what makes Brian's products so different that the people do want to jump on board and say, "Yeah, we'll carry them," or "Yes, we'll buy them."
1: So I like to, and this is going to sound really cliche, but I like to fuse familiar and unfamiliar flavors together to broaden and expand palates. So say for something, uh, my Kansas City style sauce, uh, we call it something, something sauce, is uh, very familiar to people. You know, I've had people from Kansas City be like, yes, there it is right there. And they're like, what is that little background right. flavor? It's strong coffee and cinnamon so you can take take my something something sauce and if you add almonds to it and blend it with my something to talk about you end up with a mole like there's a there's a breadth of things that Mm -hmm. that you can build off of this it's not just your your standard run-of-the-mill sauce and anyone who tastes it really really sees that like our clevelander um flavors of my hometown cleveland ohio i use uh stadium mustard i grew up in jaga county where there's tons of maple i was a brother from another mother we're we're italian so we were as, we were immersed in italian herbs and, and that and i love green chilies and i fuse them all together into this mustard maple rosemary sauce that has won 16 out of my 33 awards come from that and it's it's just we owned mustard barbecue divisions in the Scovies international flavor awards world hot sauce awards Wow, for years, three years. Very good, very good.
0: You're making me, you,
1: you, that's all right, don't worry about it.
2: Uh, how many um, sauces and reps do you have now?
1: So uh, as it stands right now, we've got four sauces and I've got five spice blends.
2: Are you working yeah. on anything at the moment?
1: Oh yeah, I'm always working on stuff, <laughs> always. Uh, we've got a uh, a Kentucky Bar Fight sauce coming, which is uh Blueberries, black coffee, and bourbon. Mm. I have to make a bourbon sauce. If I don't, I'm going to lose my Kentucky card, I'm sure. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a uh, a West African peanut sauce coming. So that's that's in the works as well. It's a uh, spicier scotch bonnets, bird's eye chilies, uh, some ginger. It's, it's absolutely delicious. It's based off of a West African street food uh, called suya originating in uh, Nigeria, Ghana, and uh, that area. Um, I've got uh, an all-purpose SPG rub coming that's going to be a little amped up on on various things. I call it something for everything. Um, We've got uh, a seafood rub coming and another seafood rub coming. One's going to be a Northeastern, mid-Atlantic-style seafood rub, and the other one is going to be Caribbean jerk based.
0: How long nice. how long does it take you before when you get an idea okay you're sitting there and you you know things have clicked in your brain and you're thinking I've got to do this and like your uh, Caribbean rub coming up okay how long does it take you from start to finish on average nothing is exact in this deal but to work with it, create it, And then finally end up bottling it and getting it out to market.
1: It usually takes a little while. Um, Like I'll get the, I'll get the initial first iteration done in my brain. I have to get it out of my brain. Right. And I'll get it down. Everything will be grammed out to the, to the specifics. I'll scale it up to a couple pounds to make sure it works as in that sense. Sure. And then I'll start hammering recipes with it. You know, the book starts to get full of, well, I did grouper today, you know, and they like that that kind of thing. And, um, getting it to market is a lot harder. We try not to overwhelm, uh, overwhelm our releases, you know, uh, I don't want to be like, ha, we went from five to 30, you know, like that's, that's not, that's not a good practice for sustainable. I would go nuts doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of have a little bit of stagger going on there and then it's, uh, it's funding and, and resources in order to actually make that happen, you know. And actually, a lot of the time, it's it's copying labels that hold it up, you know. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to be creative with labels,
0: to, to use just the right image or words to grab somebody's attention if they've never seen you before. Because obviously, they cannot, yeah, unless you're doing a demo, you can't taste it, all right? Stores are kind of funky about that. Yeah. Uh they, they don't like you cracking the lid and breaking the seal and right. pouring some in your hand and licking it. They they frown on that. <laughs> right. But you know, that's gotta be a good portion of the
1: of the work to get this to go forward. Uh yeah. So we designed our label to be um to be one a contrast to most of the barbecue that's out there right now. Uh for a while there, barbecue seemed like it was uh it was. Not dark and spooky, but edgy and flamey. You know, like most of the labels were like black with like some fire on it or something like that. So we designed our label to be white on the shelf, easily read, readable uh, with, uh, with call out colors based on what what it is. Uh-huh. You know, so um, we've got a brand profile that's got 10 different brand colors and they're going to coincide with labels. So it looks good on the shelf. you design it to look good, appealing to the eyes when they can't taste it. Um, what we what we try to get our retailers to do uh, we have a recipe for spiced crackers and this is how we sell in person for our rubs. You, you take the crackers, you spice them up with the spice blend and then you you hand out samples and the moment someone tastes it, they buy it you know like they, they realize it's it's really good. They're not just Saying, "Oh, that's just yeah. barbecue rub. It's oh, that's got some real depth of flavor on it. That's gonna change my culinary game." And those are words I've heard, uh-huh. not just not just me pitching right now. So yeah, obviously gonna- things went up in price, right? You know, and that's starting to normalize a little bit now. But uh, you know, we had to increase our prices over the pandemic, just like everyone else.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna take another break.
0: We're gonna be back with Brian Lee from BT Lees. Uh, with Miss Leanne and myself right after this. Please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on USA Radio Networks and every platform under the sun. Yeah. There's a lot of these. Look at Brian Lap. He knows what we're talking about here. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't know about you, Brian, but I get, I must get a half a dozen emails a week, if not more, that say, "Hey, we're the new shiniest platform, and we want to, we want to put your stuff at the top of our list, or something like that." And I just mm-hmm. I just send them off to my uh, social media and producer and say, tell me what you think about this. And normally they don't even respond. So I don't bother with them like that. When, when you sit down at the table, what is Brian's favorite rubber sauce that you have Uh created?
1: So uh, my something to beef about uh, steak rub goes on everything under the sun. I I'm I'm notorious. I'm a notorious egg lover. So like every morning I'll have uh some pickled jalapenos with two over easy eggs and I'll dust it with my something to beef about blend and a little bit of parmesan cheese. And that's that's like breakfast. You know? That's Um, good. It it goes it goes on everything, everything under the sun. I'll even throw it in like if I'm making an Alfredo sauce, I'll I'll throw a dash in there instead of my salt and pepper. You know, we do all over the place. It's um it's chock full of uh, a good cherry wood smoked salt, uh dried porcini mushrooms, horseradish, white balsamic vinegar, and it's got a bite with uh crushed Aleppo chilies in it.
0: I love the fact that you're working with some horseradish. I really That's, do. Yeah, it's one of my
1: favorites. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's there's this whole wide open thing, like most people say steak uh steak rubs need to be salt pepper garlic right or like Uh that's that's all it is but as long as you don't overwhelm the meat you can definitely elevate it with a lot of these other flavors that that people people just dig you know Uh
0: i actually think that uh this is just me uh i think that the use of horseradish in blends and what have you is very underrated uh I had some experience with that. Like I said, I don't need to go into detail, but it was funny that you mentioning that, that the blends that people really liked were the ones that had a little horseradish in them. They, they really thought that that gave it just the right little, I'm not even going to call it a kick. I'm going to call it like a twitch. It gave it just Uh a little, a little twitch to the flavor and they really enjoyed it. So It, it
1: definitely adds that depth of flavor that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah is there anything you tend to stay away from as far as in your blends or in your rubs
1: um so like i said before we try uh, well don't try we are all natural no artificial ingredients right so i don't like to do fillers you know like i'm not gonna to corn corn flour anything right like our taco seasoning has no corn flour in it um it's still a achieves the same effect as a taco seasoning because I use a uh, fele as the emulsifier on that. So once you add water to it, it starts to thicken. Right. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a, as far as flavors go and as far as spices go, no, not at all. Not, not at all. I am. I'm all in on anything that's delicious. <laughs>
0: we We've got a, a friend of the show who actually works with us from time to time. And on online, he goes to the hot sauce sensei. And so, uh, John Haller is his name. He lives in Atlanta, but I look at his videos and stuff all the time. And I'm like, where the hell are you coming up with all this stuff? I mean, because he's just out there beating the bushes all the time on, and they're, they're hot sauces. They're not just a barbecue sauce or anything like hmm. that. They are, they've got some heat to them. Um, The guy must have a Teflon mouth or something or asbestos tongue. I'm not sure, but uh, do you think that people can go overboard? I'm not, this is not John. This is, I'm not talking about him, but uh, sometimes people get into this thing, Brian, where they're like, and I know Leanne has seen this too. Boy, I really want to rip that flavor. You know, I really want the heat on that. I'm old school, sorry, but I still like to taste the food. What's your take?
1: Well, my my take on it is flavor is first always, right? Um, but your mileage may vary, and that's <laughs> when someone says, "How hot is your hottest thing?" And I said, "Well, that's a subjective. That's a subjective thing," um, because I've had people that eat Reapers, you know, Carolina Reapers, call my stuff an eight point five on a scale, but then I've had people that say I won't touch a jalapeno uh go in on my something to cry about spice blend and say that's not that spicy. It's got Carolina Reaper in it. yeah, you know like it's 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 such a such a subjective thing and and heat nowadays is uh, it's kind of like the new hotness, not to be punny, but yeah there it is. I I knew we were we were in a new era the moment Wendy's put ghost chili fries on every menu in the nation, like the heat level of the country just keeps going up and up and uh the advent of hot ones and the league of fire and all these one chip challenge and tackies and packies and and whatnot you know that that spice chasing chasing heat is definitely here to stay. Um that being I, said, I've only got one spicy product right now. And uh I mean that's going to change in the future, but you know we're flavor first. I, I tell people that if if you just want the heat, there's extracts that do that just a couple drops in whatever you're doing as long as you like the flavor go for it
0: yeah yeah i've always for me uh, it's just sometimes they get the flavor gets so masked if you will
1: oh 100
0: by rubs or sauces and it's like i i don't enjoy
1: that there's a there is definitely a tight walk, tight rope that needs to be walked when it comes down to to balancing heat and flavor, you know, and the people that can do it really well, they're rock stars at it. Right. Right. You know, but if someone's just like, I'm going to amp this up and just throws two tablespoons of cayenne and a cup of something you're done. <laughs> you <know? laughs> uh-huh. That's that's it.
0: Brian, we're going to run out of time here in for this part of the show, but sure. h- how can people find you and what should they look for? um not only in the retail stores
1: but on your website and stuff. You're going to you're going to look for my face. It's on every bottle and you can get us at btlees.com, b t l e i g h s.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, WhatsApp, Twitter, YouTube channel, we're dropping videos all the time for recipes. Uh, you can also find me on the Great American Recipe season 1 on PBS. I was a contestant there, where I cooked uh, some of my family recipes and some of my recipes. And, Good for uh, you! Yeah, there it Good. is.
0: Hit Good. us up. We will. They will. I promise. Yeah. Um, Brian Lee from BT Lee's Sauces and and Rubs. Um, thank you for being with us. He Brian is going to stick around for after hours. He has no idea what he's in for there, but we'll we'll uh, educate him fast anyway. <laughs> yes. So Brian, my pleasure. Thank you very much for Miss Leanne and I. We will be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Until then, remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.